What's up, guys? It's Neil Dashwood here, and you're listening to I See Things a Little Differently. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am this little chemical acoustics a little different today. I am not at home. I am house sitting once again. So, um, the good thing is, I have had some complaints sometimes. It's like you sound so far. Well, now <laughs> the alarms, you can hear them. I'm, I'm in this city, so you're gonna hear every noise possible. I did get some complaints about how sometimes the acoustics are off and I sound too far away. Um, I do use a different mic. It's a much smaller mic. And so I kind of can't be too close to it. Cause then I sound muffled, but then I can't be too far back. So I'm trying to find that sweet spot. I think this is the sweet spot. Um, but programming note. So the Dr. Strange review has already been recorded. It's already uploaded. It will be there Wednesday. Um, as far as Friday's show, that was an impromptu show. I did. I, so when I was first asked, I think I said it's in the cold open, but when I first was asked to do the interview with, uh, Naja, um, I was going to put it for next Wednesday and then had the Dr. Strange review after, um, but I felt I wanted to give it a little couple, a couple days of shine. Um, and you got really, it got really good reviews. So appreciate that. Um, like I said, she's super starting to make it. So if you've not heard that episode, you need to go check it out. It's in the archives for sure. And um, other programming note. Um, yeah, I'm not going to review WrestleMania Backlash. So we will barely have anything from WWE on here. We'll have news and notes from them. Otherwise, it there's no point. By the time you guys hear this on Monday, as actually I'm recording this Sunday morning. So by the time you guys hear this, it's like... You guys have already watched WrestleMania Backlash. I'm going to watch WrestleMania Backlash. Um, but the reality is, I just didn't get the vibe. To, I, I, if it, I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest. If this was a paid podcast, I would feel obligated to do it. But this is for free. You know, I asked for likes and clicks and stuff. and But, uh, yeah, but no money. So I'm just like, ah, I just don't want to review it. I just don't get... This is not going to be a good show. I mean... I think it's going to be a serviceable show, but I don't think it's worth the time and effort to do it. So I'm just not going to do it. Um, now, if we want now, if, if I, if you guys want me to start reviewing every rest, um, WWE pay-per-view, then maybe I'll, I'll set up a little PayPal or something like that. But I don't know. I'm just not, I, I, honestly, backlash lost its luster many years ago for me. But once again, when you have the bar so high, and see, I don't see certain things like the ad Twitter. I see certain things like moments. Like backlash used to mean something. Yeah, back, backlash has always been the pay per view of uh, rematches, but they were good rematches. Like you had the Triple H Benoit um, Shawn Michaels rematch from in Canada, where Shawn tapped to the sharpshooter. You had the Rock versus Triple H um, match where that should have been the main event, but it got an even bigger pop because Austin came out and Rock finally got the WWE Heavyweight Championship back. Like, you just had some better moments. And uh, honestly, I just I think it lost its luster a long time ago. So, um, anyways, let's get into today's show. We have a lot to talk about. Um, where do I want to start? Let's start with this because I didn't get to it last week. New Japan. Just some quick news and notes. Juice Robinson, who teased that his New Japan contract was up, he ended up swerving everybody, and he ended up 
re-signing with the company. Not only that, he joined the Bullet Club. So that was pretty interesting to see. Okada had retained his New Japan Heavyweight Championship. Bad Luck Fail and Chase Owens won the Tag Team Championships. Tamatanga, who has had a hell of a singles run so far, wins the Never Openweight title. Good Brothers return and lay him out. Ishii wins the Junior Heavyweight title. Ishii just challenged. I believe, wasn't it Ishii? Who just challenged at Under Siege last night? Um, Josh Alexander's Heavyweight Championship. Was it Was it Ishii? I don't remember. I thought it was Ishii, but I'm not sure. Tanahashi wins the U.S. title at Capital Collision. This has just been announced this week. John Moxley, Osprey, Juice Robinson, Tanahashi, four-way title match. So that's going to be a, that's gonna be a hell of a match in D.C. Let's do some more news and notes. I did not get to this because I at when I saw the note, I saw just the transcription, and I was like, no, I watch this for myself. So Chris Van Vliet, who is such a positive, just he seems like I, he, he's one of those people where like you meet him in person, and if he's a terrible human being, you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, he, he, he seems like such a positive person, and and how he presents things. And I remember seeing him. Before he was had his own like podcast and he was himself. He I think he I think he won Emmys before because I think he used to work for was it Entertainment Tonight or something. I remember when he when he was, when he was was I think he was doing interviews for what was that stupid movie with Seth Rogen where he gets was it called Knocked Up? And I remember he was doing interviews with some of the women from the cast and they were like oh my you're cute and like they were calling other women from the cast hey look at this he's cute and he has muscles. Like, I, you could just tell he was like, oh, okay, this went, this went anyway way I didn't think it was going to happen. But it was just funny. Um, but I enjoy his podcast. I don't listen to it very often. Uh, but when I do, like I listen to the Brian Cage episode, I really want to hear what Brian Cage has to say. Like, I don't just like, when I, when I listen to other podcasts, it, for me, it has to be something that touches on me, but can't just be drama. You know, like, example, which is, I know it was not really too far in the depth of the show, but I like drink champs. Nori sometimes annoys me because he's he's just a bad he's a, he's just a bad interview. But like when they stick on drama, I hate doing it. I have to fast forward it. When it's talking about like different, just different things, it's cool, you know. Uh, but anyways, I saw this with this interview with Athena. I saw a transcription, and before I wanted to talk anything about it, I wanted to make sure that I heard the entire thing. At, but I can't just hear that clip, right? Because I know uh, Chris Van Vliet puts out clips. And that's cool. I want to know what the entire vibe of the interview is. And even though this week has been extremely busy with homework. And by, and by the way, this is the first week of my Comic-Cons of this year. I'll be at Motor City Comic-Con in Detroit. I'm super excited. I'm actually going to see a good friend of mine. We're going to do a panel together Saturday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. After that, I think it's... Two to four, I have, I have autograph signing. So come check me out if you're not, if you're in that uh, area. But I watched this entire interview, and she was just talking about how much of a nerd she is. Her 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 marriage to her husband. I had no clue her husband. I knew her husband was white, but I didn't know her husband was a wrestler. I had no fucking clue. Um, and how he just said that her whole little basement of Dungeons and Dragons, and um, she's very much. Uh, I guess a tomboy is the right word. Um, but then Chris asked the question, and you could just see it, it, it caught her off guard, but it didn't catch her off guard. Does that make any sense? It felt like the conversation was in such a different direction that when Chris asked, hey, what about this? She was like, oh, 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 we're going here. But I guess I need to go here. 
And she starts talking about it, And I never once got the bitter vibe. I got the vibe of, I need to talk about this. Like she said, I got the vibe of, you guys know who I am. Why are you trying to change me this much? Uh, I did read the transcription of what Booker T said. Mind you, Athena came from Booker T's school. And Booker T said that he felt that those meetings should have been kept private. And here's my thing. Those those meetings were never going to be private. One, um, I think it was Fightful Select that said that they couldn't confirm, but people were off the record saying how those meetings did happen, and exactly what Athena, Athena said said uh, was said. Um, apparently, there were meetings that happened for months, and they called them the fashion meetings, and a lot of talent stopped going because it was being them told being told to them to dress sexier. Because with NXT 2.0, they're trying to get a different type of uh, uh, viewer. And so it was one of those things where Booker T's takes were always interesting to me because I don't know how to take him. Like he, he truly says, he, to me, he's clearly like the Black Bret Hart. <laughs> when I say that, he says what the fuck he wants to do. I remember when he was on a jerk, because he's, he's been in the contract with WWE for whatever. He says he still has a long way to go. But when he was on Jericho Cruise a couple years ago, they said, hey, aren't you in the WWE Legends contract? He was like, I do what the fuck I want to do. And it was just so so he he does what he wants to do, and even then, Bret Hart as of two weeks ago, and the whole controversy with him about whether he signed a deal, he clarified it. He says it's just a merchandising deal, just action figures and stuff like that. But anyways, like his takes are always interesting, and I'm like, those means were never gonna be kept private, you know? Because and once again, and Athena did the right thing to me. She never knocked Mandy Rose because Mandy Rose goes out of her way to have a sex appeal. She's a gorgeous woman, you know. Athena's gorgeous as well. You know, just two different types of gorgeous. And so it's one of those situations where I feel like she, I feel like they had no plan for her. And, and it's funny because as creatives calling her, she tells the story, as creatives calling her to bring her back, she gets another call and I'm just, hey, and, and the dude creative apparently is super excited. She says, hey, I think I'm about to be fired. Hold on a second. Click is John Lord Nye. She's being fired as creative is freaking pitching her away. Come back on TV. You can't make this stuff up. So to me personally, I feel like I said I had nothing wrong with this interview. I thought it was a very good interview. Uh, I've heard some interviews where people are bitter. Um, this was not one of them. This was one that she hadn't talked about it. She said to talk about it and explain her thing and and that she wanted to continue to wrestle. And, you know, I enjoyed it. But, you know, not everybody's Mandy Rose. Not everybody's Toxic Attraction. Like, if you look at everyone who's in Toxic Attraction, they kind of fit. Like, Gigi Dolan, if you follow her on Instagram, she does sexy kind of shoots. You know, and she's a sexy woman. You know, so she should be showing off her body. She has a great one, you know. Um, so it's one of those situations where not everyone's... I've never seen a picture of Athena in a, in a thong in a bathing suit on the beach. If there is one, I would be, I would, I would be absolutely stunned. Just does, it's not her style. And it's not because she doesn't have a great body, because she does. But it's like, um, hmm, I did, it would just be out of place because she's, she's, because first, first of all, and let's make this perfectly clear. Even with toxic attraction showing sex appeal, these are wrestlers. They're not divas. It's a different thing to me. To me, it is. Like Manny Rose has improved exponentially. Like she, I will, I, she's. If she continues to grow, she can be in that Trish Stratus atmosphere of going from a really pretty face, someone they just use on TV because she's really gorgeous, to like someone that 
boom, you know. I do think her having this NXT Women's Championship has really helped her confidence. Um, but she's gotten much better, you know. But these these are not divas. These are wrestlers. So, to me, like, some of them just want to do that type of stuff. Like, Scarlett Bordeaux, which would be right in her wheelhouse because she does it all the time anyway. Mia Yim does it all the time. Those, those, those are the shots they should do. I think that she would, was it like, it's not, it's like four photography or something like that in Florida. He does dope shots. He or she, who I'm not trying to offend whoever, I don't know if it's but they do dope shots. Anyways, the point of it is, I just don't see a thing in that, in that light. I'm not saying she can't, just saying that that's not what she wants to do. She made it clear that's not what she wanted to do. Um, but anyways, I thought this was a really good interview. I'm glad she said something, actually. I, I, not just for, not for drama purposes, but because it's just, we all need someone to talk to. And, and, you know, Booker T has his platform, so he can say whatever he wants. It's easy to, when you have your platform, you can say whatever you want. And you're like, well, that, 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 those things shouldn't be said. Well, it's like, someone's going to say them. And if you got fired already, you have nothing to lose. And she's probably content with not going back. Why not? Like, I, like to me, Keith Lee is the same way. Keith Lee just, I, you just get this vibe that Keith Lee is just not going to, he has no interest in going back. I think he even replied to someone how they, that they've made enough money off him. And it's like, okay, you know, so that's good. That's cool. Anyways, Lince Dorado joins MLW. He will face Enzo this upcoming week. The Observer reports that Wendell Rotunda, Bray, this is what the Observer reported. And I know people, I saw, I actually, this is one of the few times where I've read the comments and I've been like, I knew this, this report was going to make people, I just wanted to see what people were going to say. The Observer reports that Bray was making $4 million a year in base salary that doesn't include merchandise nothing i don't know if he was ever the highest selling merch person but he had to be top you know with, with, with the with the belts the action figures he had ultimate edition figure which not every character gets i mean um yeah i don't i don't know dude um but 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 yeah uh that's that's interesting if that's true that's a lot of money that's a lot of money, and that's, that explains why he is not signed anywhere. Because if he was making four million a year, that's it's gonna be hard to sign up for you know five hundred thousand dollars. You know he knows what he brings, he knows his creative stuff. So, and you can tell also he doesn't care if he, if he holds a belt. Like, I think you want screen time, obviously, but like you actually have to dedicate screen stuff. I, I think that's why I think he will just be better at impact. Like to me, it feels like Rampage is just meant for people like Swerve and Keith Lee and. Ricky Stark, right now. And then they, when they're having their final battle, then they move forward and everything. But I, I just feel like he wants those characters to get real TV time. And that's how you get his on Rampage, which I, I watch Rampage for them, you know? That's just me, though. Anyways, AEW has asked Defy Wrestling, based out of Seattle, to hold off on having Brian Danielson until AEW can debut in the market. AEW has also created Trios titles, which... You have to know where this is going. I, I would have to imagine, if it's not BCC, Blackpool Combat Club, it would have to be the House of Black that are the first uh, triple, trios ch- champion. Excuse me. Wheeler Yuta will miss Double or Nothing. He's doing a show in New Japan on that date. Let's hit Dynamite. Jeff Hardy defeats Bobby Fish, qualifies for the Owen Cup. Phoenix beats Martin, also qualifies for the Owen Cup. So with that being said, Let's check out the men's brackets and give some predictions. The women, for me, is a bit harder, but we're going to try. So, in the first round of the bracket, 
the Owen. You have Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly. You will then have Samoa Joe versus the Joker. Interesting choice to have who to have against Joker. On the other side, you have Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. They they they're doing it, so we're, we'll see we'll see how that's good that's going to be. And you have Adam Cole versus Dax Hardwood. Very fascinating. Um, so I guess I'll do it step by step. So I believe Kyle O'Reilly gets the win over Phoenix. I believe Samoa Joe beats the Joker. I then believe Samoa Joe. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to say Samoa Joe gets to the finals and loses. On the other end, I got Darby beating Jeff. Adam Cole beating Dax. Cole beating Darby. And then Cole winning the entire thing. That's just... Let's just, get this, let's just hit the women's right now. You're going to first round. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. You had to see that coming. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus The Joker, which is another interesting choice. Which some people are saying is Athena. You have Rio versus Ruby Soho on the other side. You have Red Velvet versus Sheeta on the other side as well. I have Jamie Hayter getting a nod over Tony Storm. I have Britt Baker and J- winning the match against Joker and then going to face Jamie Hayter. And I have Britt Baker going on to the finals and winning the tournament. Because I can't think of anyone else they would put the win. Um, matter of fact, you know what? F it. I'm gonna change my. I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna have Jamie Hader beat Britt Baker. I don't believe in this at all. But that's what I'm gonna do. And Jamie Hader will, will be in the final. I have Ruby Soho defeating Riho. I have Red Velvet defeating Sheeta. I have Ruby Soho defeating Red Velvet, and then I will go with Ruby Soho winning like in the finals against Jamie Hader. I mean, that is completely against everything I wrote down. Literally right in front of me, but I just can't see. Um, yeah, I just can't see. I don't know. I just can't see Britt and Cole winning and two heels winning the Owen Cup. I would have to think of face would have to win one of those. So let's just let's just go there. All right. The Blackpool Combat Club defeated Angelico and Butcher and Blade. Jungle Boy said, hey, we will gladly give the number one tag team. I had no clue. That Ricky Starks and Powerhouse House were the number one tag team, but for reasons they are. He said, but first, I want you one-on-one next week at Dynamite for the FTW title. I'm all for that. Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, FTW title. Sign me up. Warlow defeated Morrissey. Morrissey's a former, uh, what was his name? Big Cass in the WWE. I'm super happy for his recovery. I seen that he just did an interview with Renee Paquette on the oral sessions or or, or the sessions. I think she's calling it the sessions now, right? And so um, I'm happy for him. I was never a big fan of him. And it's funny because someone asked me um, if I was excited for him. I said no. And they said why. They asked why. And I said, well, I think the model that WWE has now of building big guys just doesn't work for me as a fan. Like me being a wrestling fan growing up, and I was used to that, seeing the big guys just do squash matches, et cetera, et cetera. But when you have guys like Ryback who are not big, but they're doing squash matches now, and Veer Mahans and all these other people, I think the model has changed to the point where Braun Strowman's and Cass, Big Cass has just turned me off. 
you know, because I know it's going to happen. You kind of see it coming. And then it feels like they've waited too long. Now, in fairness to WWE on Big Cass, or Morrissey, excuse me, he had a lot of substance abuse issues. It was, it wasn't good. He was dating Carmella, and I think he grabbed her or something. Like, he was, like, off the chain. So they had to get rid of him. But even with Braun Strowman, I never liked him, but they definitely took too long to pull the trigger. They hurt him. They hurt him a lot. If they would pull the trigger on him, that I think it was a September pay-per-view where he should have beaten Brock Lesnar. He didn't. They hurt him. That killed him. Him him and Seth Rollins were the hottest things in WWE for like a good seven, eight, maybe even ten months. And they cooled them both off by keeping the title on Brock Lesnar. So um, I was never a big fan of him. I'm always a big fan of people getting sober and happy. Um, so him having his AEW debut, I was really surprised that both Impact wrestlers lost. But it's, to me, if they're not going to move forward and they're not going to going to be in ROH or be in, in, in AEW, then it makes sense. You know, I just didn't see the last one coming. I guess MJF at the end of the match sends more security in. Warlow destroys everybody. Takes the mic and says, "You're going to release me from my contract." MJF says, you want a match, you got it, but next week you'll have to sign a contract. It'll be under my terms and conditions, so we have to wait. I think it's only like two weeks into the pay-per-view, so I don't know what terms and conditions he wants, <laughs> but we'll see. Hangman cuts a promo, and what I mean, he lights into CM Punk. He lights into Punk. I know some people said this was a heel turn. I didn't see this as a heel turn. I saw it says, you've been calling me out, and you think I've been paying attention. You have me now. You have my attention. And then he led into a fan. I was like, oof, I like this side of Hangman. So I'm interested to see what happens here and if they pull a trigger on CM Punk getting that AEW heavyweight championship match. I mean, if this match is good, you can actually run this match back. If you want to keep an AEW original, air quotes, you no know, air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes, to face whoever at Forbidden Door, you can definitely run this match back at um, All Out. But... I'm excited. Also, Forbidden Door, they damn near sold out during their pre-sale. And I was like, that's why when people ask me if you're going, I was like, fuck no, I'm not trying to be on the secondary market uh, buying nosebleed seats for 800 bucks. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not doing it to myself. I'm not crazy. Well, <laughs> I ain't a little crazy, but I'm not that crazy. Anyways, I thought this was a good promo. It was really good. Jericho defeated Santana, and then on Rampage, Eddie Kingston gave Jericho a call, which looked to frighten the hell out of uh, Jericho, which was I think it was good selling by Jericho. Good acting, at least. Excuse me. The varsity, I, this, so I've been doing homework all week, right? So for those, for those of you who don't know, I'm about to graduate in two months. And I've been doing homework. <laughs> and I was doing homework. And the homework I have right now this week, I've been really focused on. As a matter of fact, when I'm done recording, I'm going to upload this. And then um, I'm going to um, go right back to doing homework, right? Because this is textbook. And in the textbook, it's 14 chapters. And I was, and I thought that you had to wait to do each chapter each week of the, of the, of the quarter. And um, you don't. You can work ahead. So I said, you know what? If I can knock out all 14 chapters in like a week and a half, two, like right before I go to Detroit, Detroit that would be fucking awesome, right? So I was sitting there doing homework. And the TV's on mute because there was commercials. I look up, I see all the varsity clubs, and I like the varsity club, you know, to, to do on mute. I hear Brian Pillman Jr. start cutting a promo, calling out the House of Black. I literally said out loud to myself, oh, they're dying. Mute. I can watch death 
on mute. <laughs> um, from what I've been told about the promo, it's kind of awkward. Apparently, someone missed a cue or something. Um, they were in Baltimore. Um, so John Harbaugh, the uh, coach of the Baltimore Ravens, was there. But I guess it was a cue that's what happened. Anyways, House of Black comes out. Julia Hart still is selling the effects of the mess. So House of Black comes out. They beat down the Varsity Club. Uh, Malachi Black comes over. He gives Julia Hart a chair. So it's about, it's about to be the hill turn right here. I was like, holy crap. So now I take the TV off mute, right? Because they're here to death. So she looks over. She has She's about to hit one with a chair, and she can't do it. The heel turn doesn't happen. So then all of a sudden, Malachi takes a chair out of her hand. He rips the eye patch off, and he's saying something to her. Death Triangle comes out, and they run out. This whole thing, I don't know how I feel about it. So, I I don't... This has been like this for weeks, right? It's been weeks, maybe even months. Are they going to show that there is kryptonite in the mist? Or is she turning? Like, what? Like what's going on? Because, like, she... Or is the eye patch the thing that's kind of like keeping her sanity? Well, he's ripped it off now. And this is before Phoenix and Dante Martin's match. And Ray Phoenix was just like looking at her because they went to commercial, came back. She was still in the ring. Julie Hart was still in the ring with her hand over her eye. It was super freaking weird. And I was like, yo, this, what, what, what's up with this? So I did like the tease. I know some people want this just to be over. I did like the tease. But... I don't know where they would go from there with her. Adding a woman to the faction, I just don't know what they would do with her. You know? Um, I just don't think Death Triangle and House of Black are on television enough. Now, fairness has been due to injury and boom, boom, boom. But, and obviously, it's going to lead to a six-man tag. It has to lead to the, finally, the six-man tag at Double or Nothing. I kind of liked it, though, honestly. You know? I kind of liked the whole thing where they're they're trying to defend her honor and she's about to damn near turn on them, so... That was just me, but I thought it was cool. But the funniest part was me just saying, oh, they're about to die. I just cut it off. I felt I felt bad for saying that. No, I didn't really feel bad. Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa is official for Double or Nothing. I wrote a note down in my first uh, patch of notes. How many times has Thunder Rosa been on Dynamite since winning the AEW Women's Championship? It has not been that much. Like, legitimately, I want to say... She was on Diamond the week after. She got beat up by Nyla Rose. I would say she's only been on Diamond a handful of times, right? It hasn't been more than five since winning that AEW Women's Championship. So she's been on the shows, but I think they've kind of done her dirty. So hopefully this is her getting on TV more. I'm all for this match. It's fun. And to me, in surprise of the night, Mercedes Martinez unites the titles, the RH Women's Championship. She defeated Deanna Perrazzo. I thought this was a fire match. Um, I did like how Deanna did not shake the hand of her. Um, at the end of it, she did shake her hand after she tapped out. Um, this just obviously means that she's just not going to be working both anymore. Because uh, we, we still don't know Tony Khan's plans for, for ROH. So I'm pretty sure if he can't come to a deal with people, then they can't be his champions. Like Jonathan Gresham has signed a deal to be with the ROH World Heavyweight Champion. So I'm, I'm sure they can still do these things. But I know some people got mad. I like Deanna. I like Mercedes. I thought just I, me personally, and as it was just recording just last night, she lost her rematch to Ty Valkyrie for the uh, AAA Del Reyna Championships. 
So she's now she's now goalless. I just I just Deanna just holds the title. She just looks good holding gold, you know. So, anyways, um, hopefully, you know they get that women's division tidied up. Um, but Mercedes Martinez is a fine champion to go into it with. So I'm happy for her. Let's get some WWE news. Management is keeping the upcoming main roster cuts from creative. That was what I was earlier when I said that as their creative was talking to Athena, she's going to call. So it's, that's interesting considering that they literally killed like eight storylines on NXT 2.0. But we know that they don't care, dude. They literally had Master, uh, Aleister Black come back just to cut him the day after he gets on TV. So it's that's just interesting. This was even more interesting. Now, all because after Triple H had his little conference call, all developmental talents are under 90-day contracts. They will not be signed past that. If WWE sees a growth in them that they like, then they will keep them. If they don't, they will cut them. So remember that. If you guys hear about a new signing, if they're in the developmental system, they only have a 90-day contract. That's very interesting. I do wonder if in these 90-day contracts, they didn't have a 30-day non-compete clause. That would be ridiculous. One-third of the contract they have to sit out after that. So I just... Mm. Roger Strong, this is some lead news, has rejected a name change, which I know you could do, and he has been asking to get his release several times, and also, he has years left on his deal. If you guys remember, he just signed his new deal, and like maybe like a week later, his wife, who's Maria Shafir, for you guys don't know, was cut, and then everyone else left. I don't think anyone from, under, well, Bobby Fish was cut, right? Outside of that, Kyle Riley, Alan Cole left, but, um... I'm surprised. Like, he, of all the people, he's the last one standing. And he might be the Mustafa Ali of the NXT brand. Because I don't see them letting him go. Especially since it's even better for him. Because unlike Mustafa, he's on the main roster. He's the main roster contract. Which means he can't then quit or get fired. And then he has to wait 90 days. Roger Strong will only have to wait 30 days. So, you know, he's been asking for it. Hopefully he gets it. It's funny how, and on some other notes, I, I saw some other news the other day. I didn't write it down. Apparently, when Mustafa Ali came back, he was scheduled to lose his re-debut against The Miz. This is crazy. You can't make this shit up. It's, it's, I mean, he's been getting attacked by a champ for this entire time. So, I, I, st- I still think they brought him back, just have him lose sometimes, and then now they're going to. Because it's reported that on um, house shows, champ is working as a babyface. But he's a heel on TV. I, I, like I said last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, they only brought him back just to cut him, which makes no sense. But let's not try to do that to ourselves. Candice LeRae's contract has officially expired. There's no heat or any problem with them. The Garganos are welcome to go back whenever they want. Um, and she's a free agent now. Ah. I can see the Garganos going back. Because I can see Johnny Gargano wanting a WrestleMania moment. I can also see them staying away, though, as well. I don't know if the the thought of a WrestleMania moment, wherever that WrestleMania moment may be, um, is worth your sanity. And Gargano is very happy to call himself a Triple H guy. I ain't the guy running the main roster. So, um, congratulations to them. Hopefully, they go wherever they want to go. She will be a much welcome addition to the AEW roster. AEW needs to get the women tightened up. Now, obviously, when you see a lot more, more of them on television, <laughs> you know, not just dark, but uh, she'll be a much welcome addition, in my opinion. 
some more news and notes. Tessa Blanchard, the first time I've heard her name. Oh, God, it's been the first time this year, at least. Um, apparently, her and Wild have had a, a, a parting of the way, supposedly. And um, their show was supposed to debut in August, by the way. Remember, this brand was kind of built around Tessa. Um, I don't really know what to say. You know, uh, just breaking the fourth wall here. Me and Tessa have been in talks to do interview, an uh, interview. Oh, shoot. I want to say since. Hmm, we're in 2022, right? I want to say since the end of 2020. And I got to talk to her a little bit. And she's super. She's been respectful to me. Cool to me. Um, the vibe I got. And once again, whenever someone's at work, they are going to be. Sometimes they are just much different than they are outside of work. I've been around people who never talk at work. They are just quiet. And then you get them outside work. These people are out of their fucking minds. You know, so I don't know what she's like behind in in the locker room. But I know the times we've talked and I've talked to her. It's been pretty interesting, pretty cool, you know. But yeah, man, I don't know what to say to that. I'm not surprised either. Matter of fact, Brian Zane, fairness to him from Wrestling with Regret on YouTube, he did call it. I remember watching one of his, show, uh, his uh, videos. I don't remember what his video was. I'm sure you can check his channel. But he definitely called his shot because he said, yeah, this is a bad idea. Um, but she, she's not. this is not looking good. The fact that AEW needs women wrestlers. They need them so bad. And she can't sign there with her dad working there. That's that says a lot, man. That says so much, and so uh, that's unfortunate. But um, I like her style. But you know, uh, that's unfortunate. Freddie Prince Jr. I'll actually be. He'll actually be at more City Comic Con as well. Uh, says he will start his wrestling promotion in 18 months. That is the only reason he got back into acting is to build up the the, the money, the front for it. So that's uh, good luck to him. I know he's really passionate about it. Dark Side of the Ring. I said this when I first reported this. It's not canceled. Matter of fact, Vice came out and said they're more committed to it than ever. They just have not put it on their schedule yet. So that's a good thing for a lot of fans who like that show. I like it too. Uh, Jonah's done with Impact for the moment. He just wrapped up losing a Monsters Ball match, I believe, the other night. Stu Grayson's AEW contract has expired. He has been taken off the page. He did break his silence as of this recording. And I don't know if they're going to resign or not. I don't know if he wants to go. This would be a loss. I know he's in the dark order, but Stu Grayson's a talented dude. I mean, he's very talented. So hopefully he uh, gets, what he, gets what he wants as well. Impact Under Siege. Mia Yim returns to Impact. So happy for her. I want to so bad try to get an interview with her before she got back on. I, I, tell, I guess I just I guess got an interview with Tennille Dashwood, for God's sake. So I guess I'm not that screwed. Um, but I definitely want to get her interview. If I'm, if I'm being honest with you, the three people I would like to have for an interview are Mia Yim. I would like to have Swerve Scott. I think he would be fun, a fun listen. Uh, and I would like to get Keith Lee, to be honest with you. I, I haven't reached out to any of them, by the way. Um, but I, I'm happy she's an impact and she's going to get some shine. Also, the Briscoes, they just keep adding to that Hall of Fame career. They beat Violet by design to win the Impact World titles. I believe their first time with those belts. These guys have literally just lost gold to gain gold. I'm, I, I, What can I say? Happy for them. Completely happy for them. And finally, to end today on a time of a sour note, unfortunately, Tammy Stitch paid Bond to get out of jail. Her blood alcohol 
level was 0 0.280, three and a half times the legal limit. Are you freaking out of your mind? That's crazy. Um, I don't know what's what happens next, but um, I think it was just the DVD I was watching about Death Row, and they had video footage of Suge Knight's uh, the day he got the day essentially Death Row died when he got sent put to jail, and the first time, and the judge said, "How many bites at the probation apple does this guy get?" And that's when he sent him. Yeah, I wonder the same thing about her. A person died, and she's been very cavalier about it on Twitter. I've seen some of the, I've seen some of the tweets. I'm like, holy crap on a cracker, Batman! This brought his eye for mine. So I don't, I don't know, but uh, that's one hell of a way to end the show. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, not that, but the show. <laughs> um, check out this Wednesday's Doctor Strange review. We go about 40 minutes. Also, also, if you are at Motor City Comic Con this weekend. I will be there Saturday, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. It is a panel with me and my homie Q. Well, I call him Quentin. 2 to 4. Autograph signing. Come by, stop by, have an autograph, say hello. Um, I'm super excited. This is the first time uh, in my career, my Comic-Con uh, career, I guess, that I've uh, had Con booked this early. You know, And after that, it's what? Florida Supercon and, and on. So, anyways, that's the show for this week. I hope you guys enjoy. I am this little chemical and I am out.